Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 280. Um, and I'm joined today by Carrie Ad Lloyd. I was hugely excited to make this one happen. Um, I, I've been a fan of Carrie Ad and her work in general for a while, but her grief cast was something, uh, is a podcast I really loved. And the first time I listened to it, I kind of felt that we were kindred spirits of sorts. And as soon as we sat down and chatted, that was confirmed. I'd actually had a briefer chat with Carrie Ad a few weeks before for the upcoming Pod Bible podcast, which the trailer will be up on Monday on iTunes, Acast, and Spotify, and all good places. And the new Pod Bible magazine's out on Monday as well. But I'll talk about that more in the outro. So, yeah, it was great to get to sit down with Cariad. If you enjoy this episode, if this is your first one, cool, we've had loads of good comedians on. We've had Ed Gamble, James Acaster, Sarah Pascoe, Catherine Ryan, um, Ashlyn B, Nish Kumar. Uh, yeah, loads of good comedians um, on here, so check them out. I've also had um, Carla v- v- Valentine doing a sex and death special. That was in the first year, because Carla is, she was a mortician, and now she works at Bart's Pathology. So yeah, that's a good one to, to go and listen to if you've been drawn here by the, the taboo subject of death. Anyway... I'll get on with the podcast. I obviously need to mention that we're brought to you as ever by speechdevelopmentrecords.com where you can buy all my merch and stuff. It's actually, it's oh, that's something I need to tell you in the intro, actually. It's my birthday on, on Saturday, and on my birthday, I always release something new. And this year, all the projects I'm working on are too far from completion to release. So, so what I've done is I've dug through my own personal collection of, of merch and r- r- records and stuff. And on my birthday, I'm going to be putting up pip's birthday box which is a selection of stuff that some of it has never been available before some of it has been sold out for five years some of it's been sold out for five weeks some of them there's one copy some of them there's 20 copies so that'll all be going up in a secret location on august 3rd i will tweet it and instagram it and facebook it so you can get to it via the link but um yeah that's what we're doing for my birthday this year. Anyway, there's also patreon.com slash Pit, but God, I've talked enough. Let's get on with the podcast. I'll talk further in the outro. So for now, this is episode 280 with the wonderful Carrie Ad Lloyd. I don't wear the headphones for grief cast. It feels no, a bit radio-y. If, yeah, and it doesn't feel as 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 conversational. I yeah, mean, yeah. L- l- let's just start the podcast with that. I'm I'm here with <laughs> Carrie Ad Lloyd, but Hello. I mean, just speaking on grief cast, I think grief cast is a prime example of a podcast similar to Distraction Pieces, where you wouldn't want to wear headphones and yeah, things like because you yeah. don't want it to feel like a formal interview. It's, you want it yeah. to feel as relaxed as possible and as comfortable and as much of a conversation over a cup of tea as possible. So yeah. I think that is, it's, it's, it, it's weird. I get, um, or when I'm not recording at these lovely ACAST studios, I've got all this heavy podcast gear. And the reason I have it is because I've got tabletop mic stands and stuff like that. Cause I don't oh, okay. want the guests holding the mic. Cause I think yes. even psychologically there, oh, yes. particularly if it's, a comedian or anyone who's performed on stage, you they get in performance. performance yeah. Mode, yeah. And whereas if it's just, here's a mic that you're not touching yeah. and we've got 
line of sight, yeah. then it can just become a conversation it's and relax. It's really weird because like when I, when I, I've done a few podcast chats about Griefcast and when I started saying the things that I, I did, some people were like, oh, right. And I, you know, when you just do, you think, oh, it sounds like I didn't even realise I was being a genius. <laughs> but what had happened was I originally recorded a studio in Camden and it was just like a bubble pub and it was fine, but it was just a, a bit dingy. Yeah. And I felt you could have an intimate conversation, but it didn't feel nice. And the reason I record it, I record all of them at Whistledown. I don't have any of my own equipment because for me, my big thing is I can't, we can't be in my house. Yeah. Too distracting for me. And we can't be in the, the griever's house because I think when you're in your own home, you might, you start to feel... I don't think you feel relaxed in your own home when right, someone's there. Yeah, I know, because someone said point. to me that's like the opposite of what they thought. But I was like, in your own house, if you know, if you came to my house now, I'd be thinking, oh, God, I didn't put that sofa away, like the cushions yeah. away. And I hope Pip doesn't judge me for this, my, like her toys are everywhere, you know. My mum used to, uh, briefly when we were g- g- growing up, we had a few months where we could briefly afford a cleaner, which uh, is very rare. We're very yeah, well class. Yeah. My mum would tidy up tidy the day up, before yeah. the cleaner yeah, came because yeah, yeah. she didn't want the cleaner to see the to messy see the house. Mess, and it exactly. was So it's exactly that. It's like anyone yeah. coming to your house, even if the purpose is to clean, you're yeah. like, oh, I don't want them to j- j- judge me though. So, you yeah. don't want to take the piss, I think. Yeah. I don't think, oh, they think that's all right. Yeah. So yeah, it whistled down. <laughs> I started recording a, a Radio 4 podcast there and that's how I got to know them. But it's in an old... Um, like a Victorian house like it's the woman who started the National Trust that's their wow. her old reading room is their office oh wow that's so it, it's an amazing like as soon as you come in you're like oh this is an in- like a lovely building and um, everyone who works at Richard is the nicest like they're so yeah. nice it's like a joke like literally you wave everyone's like hello <laughs> and um it's like coming into a house, a family home that's not your family home. Right. And then the studio is very small. There's no windows. And it's just, I again, I don't have a, a technician. We don't have headphones. I make sure I can see them. And again, it was all designed for me to be like, how can I make you feel really safe, really yeah. comfortable? And, um, and not have that, per- I think personal stuff is distracting. You yeah, know, like I think, I think right. it, and especially when you're talking about, perhaps you're talking about death in a way that, you know, I, I want them to be open and I want them to, yeah, talk about the story. And I think sometimes if you, maybe if you see a photo of your dad or something, oh, God, actually, should I be, you know, I'm telling this story. Should I be telling this story? And yeah. uh, it sounds like I'm trying to manipulate How them. should I represent this? <laughs> yeah. No, it's just it's finding the the right situation and, and settings to get the best out of the conversation rather yeah, than yeah. any manipulation on a, a negative level. I think there's so many words that, have yeah, negative right. connotations negative. Yeah, like yeah. manipulation there's nothing wrong with manipulation you can yeah. manipulate a situation to, to be, be nicer it's same <laughs> yeah, with yeah. um selfishness I, I bang on about this all the time but i think it's essential for us to have some selfishness yeah, in yeah. our lives I, survive. otherwise we'll all have complete breakdowns and yeah. be a mess yet selfishness is seen yeah. as this negative thing another one i was thinking about recently is i have such a negative reaction to any talk of taxes or raising of taxes uh, right. Taxes are great. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. that's how we have. I thought you were like. I thought you were like anti-racist. No, I was like, wow. No, no, no. It, it, it's <laughs> no, I because agree of with you, because yeah. you're so brought up of oh they're raising the taxes or they're doing this they're doing that. It's like we they're really important for our healthcare, our everything. My husband always said when you pay, you know, because you're self-employed, you have to pay your, your yeah. tax, and it's always a bit stressful because it's always like this giant chunk that you're like, oh that god, you didn't know about, you or, weren't or expecting. Sometimes a rebate, depending on how you're doing. And um, <laughs> he always says you should say like, oh rather than I pay my taxes, like, oh, I, I bought a hospital bed. Like, yeah. in your head, it's like, oh, that's good. I'm buying a hospital bed. That's nice of me. Completely. Like, it's it's so all just, about the, it's, yeah, the framing Yeah, reframe, reframe it. And that's the thing. With Griefcast, like, 
the the helpful thing I think, and maybe you had this with your podcast, is like I always thought, well, if someone was talking to me about my dead father, what would I want them to do? Yeah. I was like, well, I would want a comfortable room, a cup of tea. I wouldn't want the headphones on. I wouldn't want them to be distracted. Like I wouldn't want the 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 office itself to feel not you know, dirty and horrible. This pub we used to... Yeah. It was fine. It was just like, you know, North London pub. It was yeah. a bit smelly. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, okay. I think that's really important. Always think, well, what, what would you want? What would yeah. make you happy? Rather than and looking for this sort of like, oh, how do I make a perfect podcast? It's like, no, well, what, what would you like to listen to? And yeah. how would you like to be treated? And then and go from there. Yeah, it's finding your own way of making it work as well. I get sticks sometimes. I was, I fool, This is weird because I foolishly, at the weekend, I looked at... Uh, um, the reviews on iTunes oh. for, for the first time in literally five years. And yeah, there's yeah. 1,700 five-star reviews and I looked yeah. at the one or two negative of course, ones. Of course, that's what we do. We head straight for that one star. But, Why is someone giving me one star? But it's interesting because it, after it hurt, mm. I then saw some things that I thought, actually, I can improve upon that. And yeah. other things that I was like, no, I know the reason I do that. And one of the things that someone brought up was, and it's kind of what I'm doing here, is that... Oh, Pip always tries to bring in a story about himself. But I think that's another, again, it's another conscious tool to try and make it a conversation. Yeah, Quite yeah. early on, I'll try and find something that we can relate on so that it's a conversation rather than, here's my questions, it's an interview. But I don't that, want yeah, them to be an interview. That's and what's weird is someone, if someone say, oh, like, oh, he brings in the story, it's like, that's how people talk. That's conversation. Like, yeah, that's conversation. If you were like, Karad, question one. What is the capital of Pope? Like it, it wouldn't be that, relaxing at that's all. That's not, and that's an interview or like a quiz. But equally, like, I get it from the listener's point of view. Is if yeah, they listen if every week. You list, if you listen every week and hear that the same traits every week, or just if you're used to TV interviews, interviews yeah, where yeah. it is just here's my question about your new film, and yeah. you're going to give the same answer you've given yeah, every time. Yeah. The kind of idea is to try and and get away from that. So it's it's interesting to to look at the structures that, as you kind of said, that they may be subconscious, kind of, yeah. I didn't even know I was doing it. I think that's interesting when you make, that's what I've had with the podcast, when you make something yourself. And so you don't have a boss. So you yeah. have to sort of sometimes give yourself an appraisal. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes all people comment on things and you're like, oh, I didn't know I was like, like, oh, I love how you do this. You think, oh, am I, is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. And I had the same recently. I, I looked at One Star recently. <laughs> And um, again, just complete backs because I wanted to check that um, an episode had gone through. And then you're like, oh, oh, I just, oh, why am I doing this? But I think what I think is really important is we sometimes live in a world where everyone goes, no criticism. Like, I don't want to know it. I don't yeah. want to know it. And I, I I think it's this fine line of like, nothing is so clear as that. I think you're right. Like, it's important as a podcaster or a creator of something to hear it, be upset for like five minutes and then yeah. go, actually, no fuck you like you're wrong about that episode and I stand by that or yeah you're right I do need to adjust the volume on those early episodes yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. which is fine but I think sometimes we can be like nobody's allowed to say anything yeah you know like and I I don't agree with that but I think what I don't agree with is like just don't don't abuse me don't don't give me yeah. shit yeah. if you have a point fine have a point it's such a fine line <laughs> it's isn't such a it? fine line yeah by saying this we're now open ourselves i know up to i thought that yeah. we're gonna go um i think you should know that yeah. it's like all right well i don't want all the like because again i've Ooh. always found it's a weird one I'll, i've uh, since the, the doing club nights i've realized how arrogant it is to go and request a song oh really because there's several hundred people in that room <laughs> yeah, who are all true. dancing and enjoying yourselves and you're going 
I want to listen to my song. Oh, yeah, that's so Whereas if, if, if the night's going well, that is, it's the most arrogant thing. Yeah, I used yeah. to always do I it as a team. I used to request songs, yeah. And I've always done that at clubs. But, you'd, yeah, if, if the club's going off. Only bangers. Only if it's like proper, like, this is a banger. Yeah, yeah. This will work. But, yeah, it's, <laughs> it is a bizarre and strangely, as said, yeah. arrogant thing to go, now my what? song, please. But it's similar on that. It's yeah. people going, I don't like this about your podcast. Yeah. And it's like, well, my thing has always been, and there's a, a rapper called Jean Grey, who I'm a big fan of and have, have known for a while. And her thing has always been, go and do it yourself then. Mm. Like, like, go and do it I better. I agree more. And podcasting <laughs> like, isn't, a, there's no, no better industry for yeah. that because you can literally go and do it yourself. If you're not happy with how someone does stuff, yeah. stop listening. It was free anyway. Yeah, and just go and do it yourself. <laughs> I'm really lucky with Grey Cross, actually, because I've had, oh, again, I shouldn't like set myself up, but... The negative, compared to all the other things I do, which are obviously more comedy and more performative, yep. where people really do feel that, feel that it's okay to yeah. say they don't like you or what you said. Yeah. <clears throat> but because Griefcast is this place of death, what I like about it is the people who listen to it tend, you tend, not, you tend to get rid of the, like, the dickheads because they, don't, they can't face listening to an episode with someone yeah. talking about you know losing their baby at five months. It's like, well, you're going to tweet yeah. me and that woman about... About that, are you? That yeah. the volume was too yeah. low, are you? Yeah. <laughs> so you, it kind of clears a lot of people. But then interesting enough, I did an episode recently with someone who um, was much higher, more higher profile in a mainstream way. Maybe I won't say their name just to be fair, but you, you'd know if you looked at the list. And they were getting Twitter abuse for their actions after someone they loved had died. About their... About wow. And I couldn't, it really shocked me because that's the first, Griefcast Twitter, my social media is a place of love. There's very, the yeah. criticism normally is, you're volleyball, that person spoke quietly. And, yeah. you know, you're like, oh, all right, turn it up, listen to it differently. What can yeah. I do? But this was very an interesting way of, um, I, I was actually, ups- I find it really upsetting because you could, the upset of, oh, I don't like your podcast or I don't, didn't like you on Have I Got News For You, you know, it's ego. But the way some people were tweeting this person yeah. about what had happened to him, after his, someone he'd loved had died and the decisions he'd made afterwards, I found really shocking of like, wow, people really don't think through <laughs> what they're tweeting. <laughs> like, do you think it's a social media thing? Because yeah, it is this, this do, instant, instant access and instant, again, not time to think about yeah. the concept or, or, or what you're saying. Would they have written a letter to that person to say, I think that, like, if, yeah, they, if I you think had they'd to write started pen, writing it, yeah. they would have gone, oh, man, why am I doing this? This is yeah. kind of horrible and hateful. I think letters... Whereas would... it feels so throwaway. Yeah, I think if you had to write letters, you'd lose about 60% of all the tweets. Yeah. And, if, and then I think the next thing to do is, would you say that to someone's face? And I actually yeah. tweeted someone. I never get involved with stuff normally since I had, I've had Twitter storms and it's horrible. But I actually tweeted this one and I said, you know, would you say that to his face if you saw him in the street? Like, like can you think about what you're... And, you know, obviously... They don't. Oh well, that's just my opinion. And you're like, yeah, but you're not entitled. It's rudeness. You're, yeah, it's rudeness. but she said I'm entitled to my opinion. And what I thought was interesting, like, of course you are, but you're not entitled to shout it at someone. Yeah. Like that's what I find weird. Is I couldn't agree more. Like, and I, and I, again, same the tweets I have had criticism, grief, cough, which are very few. I say it's the nicest, nicest social media place yeah. to live in. It's so supportive. But I always think it's just. Just you wouldn't speak like that to me. Yeah. You know, you'd say, "Oh, if you saw me in the street, you'd be like, oh, I, I do like it." That was that one episode. The volume was a bit quiet. But they, what I guess, I'm fed up of listening to the quiet. And you think, actually, I'm making it like it's really quiet. It's not. It was the first four episodes that I edited myself. Were a bit quiet. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to choose something generic. Yeah. So I just think it's as ever, as ever, 
you know, the classic joke is like, it's the way I tell them, isn't it? It's like, yeah, it's the way you say something. Yeah. You're allowed your thoughts, but think about how you communicate them. I mean, I've always felt as well, people, I've never, th- thankfully, I've never been one that needs everyone to, to like me or love yeah, me or have any yeah. desire for that. So as soon as I was making music or anything in the public eye, I didn't feel, it's. I've never felt it's for everyone. Yeah, so yeah. I'm okay with that. But my thought is, if you're going to slag me off, just type... I think Scroobius Pip is shit. Don't type, I <laughs> at, think at Scroobius yes. Pip Yo is shit. It's like, I know. that's rude because that's yeah. knocking on my door to say, saying it. But by the way, I'm not a fan of you. It's like, yeah. oh, why I, are you at my door? Know, why I did, but I how do, rude. I do think, and I, I hope it doesn't sound patronising, that if you don't work in the performance industry, in whatever stuff, I mean, literally, if you don't, if you're not someone who stands on yeah, stage, yeah. then I think it, you just don't understand what atting someone means. Yeah. And I said this this tiny bit of abuse that happened recently with a guest, they were atting him in. And that's what I... I agree with you. If you dis, if you want to tweet that, you you know, you think his behaviour is bad, fine. But why would you... Why would you at someone in? Like, I don't... But I think it's that lack of understanding of what, what Twitter is. Like, that's your phone. Not only do you have Twitter on your phone, yeah. you sleep with it next to your bed. It's got pictures of your family on. Like, it's... It's a small it's home a weird you carry with you. Place it's that very you don't realize, yeah. It's like yeah. a hermit crab shell. Like it's it's yeah. there. So when you come into it. my phone and you say, it's not. A, oh, I don't know you. I don't care. It's like you've not, not only knocked on my door. It's like you've sm- smashed up a window, yeah. stuck your head in, and shouted "fuck you" at me and my family. <laughs> yeah. How yeah. did you think? Oh, I don't. I don't think you needed to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, a polite I, letter. I mean, I concede it was a bit quiet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I'm working on it. I got an editor, Kate Holland. She's amazing. She made it better. But yeah, I I, I just think some like this. There was one particular person who, again, I don't yeah. want to give any more fuel to, who was tweeting this person. And when I looked, maybe I shouldn't say this, but when I looked at her profile, I was like, "Oh, you have no concept of what social media." Like the profile was insane. It was just like really mad. Yeah, really mad. You know, when someone you look at someone's Twitter, and you think, "I don't think you ever even read." Twitter I think you just type but things in and put your phone I mean, down but that's the weird thing as well that's also completely acceptable and understandable oh, it's weird totally like fine, there, yeah. there is that world where people in any industry where social media can be used as a part of your job yeah, as yeah. promotion you get to know it that bit better you get to understand yeah, so, it that exactly, bit more yeah I've I have some posts like and my mum and dad are both on socials in general they're both great every yeah. now and then my dad on his his food page, he does. He'll post something, and I'll I'll be round his next day and go, you know that made no sense whatsoever, <laughs> and I'll explain why, and it just wouldn't have clicked, yeah, and there's nothing wrong yeah. with that. So yeah, yeah. again, it is it's it's not rude to say that you looked on that person's page and they didn't really know what was going on because like, well, no, they probably don't, and that's after okay what, also, too. It's just it's, after what she said to that person, I was yeah. like, oh, now I can judge you. Yeah, <laughs> You're yeah, going to be yeah, that judgmental yeah. in such an unbelievable yeah. way. I thought. I'm going to judge you, you now. Smash I'm, the window. I yeah. can look through All it as well. Right. Yeah, no, I, I, I can stick, stick my, head my head through the hole that you made. What are you wearing? <laughs> yes. well, that doesn't go. <laughs> I know it's fine. And I, I, I sometimes think, oh, it must be so. If you, you know, I'm like, oh, poor you. Your social media is hard. And so I think I try not to moan about it too much. And as I said, Griefcast. What I love, I, I find Twitter really difficult. I'm not really on there that much anymore. Um, but the Griefcast Twitter, I get, I'd say daily. People saying, you know, act the Griefcast. It's my dad's anniversary tomorrow. First year. I, I have no idea what to do. Can yeah. you help? I then retweet and I say, hey, Griefsters, any ideas? And people just pile in with, 
oh, well, I did this, we lit a candle, we went for a meal, we did, you know, we listened to the music that he liked all day, we went to see his favourite film, Um, where do you live, DM me, I'm going to be on my phone all day, if you have it, like, this sudden, like, like, we're here, we're here for you. Yeah. And I think God, as ever with all things, they're never good or bad, they are a, a very marbled mix of everything. Yeah. And I think, God, that is when social media is magic because that person completely alone is just, you know, their parents just died or so-and-so's just died. They wouldn't know all these people here. And it's the only way they've connected is Twitter. Like, that was yeah. incredible. I love and that. then they become like, sometimes I see them tweeting without me, you know. Oh, I remember, I was thinking of you yesterday. It's the birthday, isn't it? Yeah, oh, thanks so much. And how's yours coming up? And yeah. you see this support network forming yeah. because they've, they've lost people in similar ways or just because they've lost people. And I think, God, if it wasn't for Twitter and Instagram, like, they would be struggling we, uh, with what to, where to take that pain. Yeah, I mean, with all the negatives of social media, there yeah. are these amazing little pockets of, of wonder. And oh, the grief yeah. cast one is one that I've I've looked on a witness yeah, for this yeah. community. And, and there's also, I follow a fair few scientists or, or Greg Jenner, this oh, yeah, historian. Oh, yeah, I love Greg Jenner. He's, he's an example of if he has a question yeah. about a specific area of history, he can just post about it. And because of the little circle he yeah. has there... They will. There will be all these fascinating experts who Having chip in and chat. go, "Oh, here's this part of it, and did you yeah. know this? And this is, has recently been discovered." And that's beautiful to have these little uh, pockets uh, of niceness. <laughs> yeah, these kind of these hive minds that aren't just there to cancel people and attack people and to take people down and to be shocked and outraged at, I know. at everything. There was a really lovely one. There's a, a regular tweeter who tweets quite a lot to me and she said, um, is anyone going to Glastonbury this year? Can you say hello to Nat, who I, I think was her partner who died? And she said, it's the first year I can't go. And they, she spread his ashes there. Oh, wow. And she said they'd bought the tickets for Glastonbury just before he died. And I, th- I think she might be, please forgive me. You know who you are if I get this wrong, but I think she's about three years in. And so she, she specifically said, Karen, can you retweet this? And then literally like five or six people were like, I'm going, I'll go and say hello. And it's I thought, oh my, like that made me so emotional. Yeah. Cause I was like, oh, just so she can know someone's just going to go to that field. She was like, I'll tell you yeah. where the field is. I spread his ashes and just say hello. So, cause she couldn't make it this year. And I thought, oh God, <laughs> like yeah. that stuff really gives me the goosebumps. I think that is the magic of humanity that you forget in the... I hate this person, they're not funny, Brexit is bad, Brexit is yeah. good. Like, all the shouting is, you know. It's beautiful, isn't it? I mean, I mean, tw- 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 20 minutes in, uh, we should probably um, explain what grief cast is <laughs> to anyone who doesn't. Any- like, we've been sh- oh, yeah, chatting sorry. away because we know. but You made uh, such a relaxed conversation. Yeah, I, I, normally I, I say I, it, normally I always explain no, it. No, I'm but too it's, relaxed. It's, I mean, often in the in the podcasts, I'll make... <laughs> They'd be I'll, so confused. They'd be like, why are they... What's going on? Why is it such a nice place? Oh, oh it's a weird one with this because I, I I plan the podcast in advance, obviously, and I like to plan either the day before or the morning of because I like it to all be f- fresh. Mm. I think if... Same, Sometimes same. I'll literally have to hold off because there'll be someone yeah. I'm excited about yeah, yeah. and I'll be, be wanting to look into it the week much, before. Yeah, but yeah. It's like, no, I want to do it on the day yeah. so it's all fresh. But <clears throat> normally I'll start with kind of some growing up type stuff and then build onto it but there's a key moment in your growing up which yeah, is yeah, the reason course. for yeah, Griefcast so it griefcast. kind of means we jump straight into Griefcast yes, anyway so would you yeah, like to kind of explain yeah I should explain so Griefcast <laughs> I wonder what they think right now god it's, it's only very strange um, so Griefcast is a podcast where I interview mostly comedians but these days it's sort of all, all sorts of people about their experiences of grief and death Yeah, and we just have a roughly an hour chat about 
what their story is, what happened to them. And it can range from people talking about parents, brothers, sisters, grandparents, children, miscarriages, lost pregnancies, dog, like yeah. friends. So a complete spectrum of grief and and all ways of dying from, you know, illness to sudden to unexpected to, you know, yeah, all sorts. Um, and the reason I do it, because <laughs> everyone's always like, and why would you, what inspired you? Someone just <laughs> asked me. on you interview. do such a thing? <laughs> uh, yeah, so my dad died when I was 15. And so I, and I had a very open family. We talked about it a lot. And I've always, we've always talked about everything a lot, mostly. And so I feel like I've spent 20 years talking about it. And so I feel like I've sort of practised talking about it yeah and I would have these conversations with people so I'm the kind of girl at a party like I'm in the kitchen and somebody starts talking to me and before you know it, I discovered they've also lost someone and we're having this chat about death and saying 8 30 and everyone's like oh yeah. Karen's really bumming us out um and I would have really deep chats with someone and I'd think oh it's just gone isn't it once it's gone you know you, it, and I and that's what sort of inspired me I was like yeah. oh it'd be nice to like record those conversations because sometimes you have really revelations about your grief or their grief or what yeah, it means completely. to be a human yes i started it about two and a half years ago and very much not thinking it would be we're in like episode 86 now like yeah. I, I honestly thought i might do 10 episodes and yeah maybe 10 people would listen and yeah i mean it, it. again sadly the it's it's weird because we discussed this a little bit i should mention that we recorded an episode of the Pod yes, Bible podcast, yeah, yeah. and it was r- really tough because I knew we had this booked in. And I was like, I just want to continue on for hours and hours. Stop but chatting. but we talked about there. Um, it's bizarre how much we avoid speaking about yeah, death because yeah. it is the one thing that literally all of us, personally and through those connected to us, are going to yeah. experience and go through. And I had the experience of when I put my first album out, and it had two songs about suicide on there and my next album had a song about death that uh, all the reviews were like oh it's it's, it's quite a, or in interviews I'd yeah. say oh you're quite morbid, morbid. and I'd be like am I? Yeah. I, I honestly didn't know because I'd yeah. thankfully been brought up in that same thing of where my family have spoken quite openly about death yeah, and yeah. I think we should so that conversation at the party shouldn't be oh Carrie had bumming us out it should be <laughs> well that was another conversation and I that's, know, I that's know. a valuable thing and I think that's what's been great the thing that I loved as soon as I started listening to Griefcast was I put it off for ages because I thought everybody like does everyone's like oh, TV shows I've got to be ready I need to be in the right mood <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. needs to be the right time and you don't no you that's don't that's what's been great yeah. after I've listened to the first one I was like oh you don't that yeah. can just be put it on it's not this heavy Obviously, it gets heavy in places, but it is quite. A, its, it's general a tone general isn't isn't heavy. Yeah, weirdly. cheery and chatty yeah. and friendly, and and f- like a lot of comedians. Yeah, gallows humour means that there's a lot of of, of, of lightness and, yeah. and jokes being made to make everyone comfortable and relaxed. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Yeah, and I think because I, you know, I'm a comedian, and that's my background and so when you in, and that's the, the original reason I chose to speak to comedians was like my biggest thing was like I don't want it to be depressing yeah. because you know I I suffer great grief and so I don't want to have a conversation and come out and think oh bloody hell like we're <laughs> going to die yeah yeah so I wanted a space where we could talk about it really honestly and about the weird stuff that happens and the stupid stuff that makes you laugh when someone's dying and yeah. the weird stuff that happens in hospices and the stupid things people say and just laugh about it and like you said, some episodes obviously are, re- you know, much harder than others. But there's always this, this again, same as I'm saying about Twitter. <laughs> Life isn't sad and happy. Life is this mixture of things. And like social media is such a 
mirror of what our society is, which is why sometimes it's really horrible and frustrating. And the same with like, death isn't this sad thing that happens to you and then you get over it. Like, it's not a holiday where you go, oh, I went went to Spain. I'm not there now. Like, it's, we're all going to go through it. Not a single person in the world will not experience it unless you're the first to die. (laughs) And, um, that's morbid. And like, it's it's sad and it's happy and sometimes it's joyful because somebody's been ill for a long time and they're not in pain anymore yeah. and sometimes it's just so painful but when you come through it this magic happens where you do things you wouldn't have done so i don't think you can separate it into like oh it's sad therefore the podcast is sad therefore i don't want to listen to it i think what i like about weekcast and doing it is that you realize like oh every experience in my life is mixed of sadness and happiness and joy and depression and anxiety and wonder and they're all some of them are louder than others at that moment and actually what death does is just turn up makes things very clear you just suddenly you know all the distractions of life are sort of gone you're like oh that's how i feel about this person and that's how i feel about my life i can really see it because somebody's died and so yeah i really wanted it to be something that would get sad maybe in the show you know that arc of your show but i wanted it to be when you pressed pause and didn't listen to the end advert because that nobody does um, <laughs> i wanted you to feel okay i didn't want you to go oh i feel shit i wanted you to think oh you know what they yeah. had an awful experience and they're all right they're laughing maybe maybe i'll be all right i think i think one of the key bits i mean it's it's weird now because i've touched upon bringing my own stories into stuff <laughs> no, please do but, i want but you no, to no 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 i mean I, I think it's one of i think on Griefcast, one of the key things is you've experienced so many points along the journey yeah, of grief. Yeah. So, so when you bring it back to your experiences, yeah. it's absolutely key. It's not yeah. any kind of, oh, you're bringing it back to yourself. It's like, no, that's key for relaxing the person and, yeah. and, and for getting them out because you lost your father so many years ago yeah, now yeah. Um, or a decent amount of years ago. So many made it sound as if you're <laughs> a, 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 a withered 70-year-old lady. So long I mean, so ago. long ago now. I can remember him. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it means that you've you've seen the different I've gone moments, through a lot the different of cycles parts, of The bits grief, where it will yeah. have come, come back up yeah, and yeah. gone back down and the points where you'd think you're okay with it and then yeah. something happens and you find out you're not. You're not. <laughs> and, and I think that's, that's what, what is key in that is that your guests – are at different points or yeah. have different journeys. When Adam Buxton was on, it was a very a fresh and new thing. He was really fresh, him. yeah. Dad died like, I think about four or five months and, when he spoke to me. And, and that was amazing because <clears throat> he'd spoken about it on his podcast and been really kind of as it was happening. He'd been yeah, yeah. amazingly, it, it was like an audio <laughs> diary and it was gut-wrenching. But particularly, again, with podcasts, you feel that you really connect with someone and yeah. they're a close friend. So... I've met Adam a couple of times oh. and we've chatted a bit, but I wouldn't uh, assume that he's ever thinking about me <laughs> when we're not there. But but that meant that the intimacy of hearing him go yeah. through that and then it was such an exciting and celebratory thing to see, oh, he's on Griefcast. Oh, thank God. And do you know what's funny? Thank God he's not on his own yeah, and yeah, he's yeah, talking he's to fine. someone. And it, do you know what I mean? It really was yeah. that kind of... Because it's weird with podcasts is we let people into certain little bits and yeah. they don't know any, any of the others. So I... Weirdly, he was concerned about yeah, course, how Adam is, yeah, how, he, how he's I doing, was, how yeah. he's getting along, and then to see that he was doing grief cast, like, oh, that's a, that's really good for him yeah. as a person because he's quite a a chatty person. He's not going to be someone who needs who, or you wouldn't have thought he's someone who's like, I need to, I need to leave it a year or yeah, so. Yeah. He's going to be someone who wants to dissect it and figure out what the hell's 
going on, and that seemed like the perfect. Yeah, it was interesting because I um, I I didn't know him properly before. I sort of you know obviously I knew who it was, yeah. and I loved his podcast, and I loved Adam and Joe show, and then we had a friend in common. And when I started Griefcast, because he'd been talking about it, I thought, oh, I wonder if. I always approach people when they have been public. If they haven't been public, I do yeah. not approach because obviously that's very clear. They don't want to talk about it. And then people will message me, you should get so-and-so on. Yeah. Their dad's just died. And I'm like, they obviously don't want to talk about it. So because he'd been public, I, I got his email from a friend. I emailed him and said, you know, just because you have been talking about, would you want to come and talk about it? And he said, are you like qualified in any way to talk about this? And I was like, no, no, absolutely not. I'm just in the in the club, as we say. Yeah. And he was very kind to come and talk and be be so open when he was, you know, so fresh. And what's interesting, I think, for some of my guests, which again, did not think was going to happen, is I record them at a very particular moment of their grief. And some of them have said to me, they then listened to it a year later and gone, oh my God, like I didn't know that that's how I was feeling. I couldn't see what I was in denial about or yeah. I could but you're sort of it's like recording a therapy you know you're, you can take this little snapshot of oh at six months you felt like this this is what you were saying and then yeah. a year later they're like oh I don't feel like that anymore so I, I love that there's this little snapshot of that grief at that point yeah. and when I'm booking I really try to get yeah the mix of people who are like as we say fresh out of the box to people like me 20 30 years on to people you know so that if you're a listener and you say to me oh I'm five years in and it was my mum and I'm sad I can go oh you should listen to yeah. this episode. So trying to find something because the grief does change massively, obviously over the course of a lifetime. And that's that, like you said, that very strange thing that's happened to me of like, I sort of accidentally got this job 20 years ago yeah. <laughs> without knowing it. Yeah, yeah. But because I then, you know, then sometimes people say to me, Oh, like, how comes you're good at talking about it? Like, I've been doing it for 20 years. Like, yeah. No one was recording it, <laughs> but for 20 years I've been asking people, oh, what happened and did you go to the hospital yeah, and what I'm, was it like for you? I'm, I'm, I'm really good at comedy and I haven't been doing that for 20 years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, I've been yeah, doing yeah. that for less time than I've been doing yeah, this, yeah. therefore oh, I've the got death more chats. experience of it. Yeah, I've got way more experience talking about death, definitely. You know? oh, I actually think I feel more comfortable Is doing it, it. Do you have any any set kind of or go-to recommended um, or recommendations for people who are struggling – something I have a lot is because I've I had these songs early on that yeah. were about suicide and stuff like that is I'm really vigilant on my social media. I'll keep an eye because I know that touch, I've yeah. got people who have got a deeper connection than, than, than yeah. just, Oh, I like that song. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I always panic about is I'll help as much as I can, but I'll always try and be really clear. I'm not qualified. Yeah. Qualified. I don't want you to become attached to someone who doesn't know what they're talking about or to someone who might be then off doing a film for a month yeah, and not check my yeah. messages. So I, I'm a big... My mum has worked at Samaritans for years and oh, I've worked wow. with Calm since their first year. So they're two ch- ch- charities that I'm, I'm very familiar with. I'm a, b- a big fan of and I'll kind of... I'll push people towards. Mm. And I'll again, it's trying to word it as if I'm not just palming them off. Yeah, Because yeah. S- Samaritans in particular is one that everyone's aware of, but... It's kind of seen as this, I don't know, getting help in general in in society. It's changing now, but certainly in my years of growing up, it's kind oh, of yeah, seen yeah. as a, oh, Something wrong with I'm you. all right. There's nothing yeah, yeah, I'm not that wrong bad. with me. So yeah. where, how do you tread that line of being in the club but not being an expert, if you yeah, know what I mean? So yeah. being there for that conversation but, but, but also being able to be clear that, look, if you need further. Yeah. All this is is a conversation. Yeah. Here's what you you might want to. 
yeah, follow up with or follow up on. Or it's easier on the Twitter, but I have the exact same problem as you. Of like, I very cl- I have to make it very clear. Like, I'm I'm not. I've never done any yeah, yeah. any counselling training yeah. ever. Like, like. But again, I mean, to be clear, there's nothing wrong with that. I think no, all no. these situations, talking to anyone yeah. is a really important a first step. step. Yeah, yeah. The next step, hopefully, is speaking to an expert, yeah. is speaking to a family member or anyone that you can. But So it's not a bad thing. Like, I always feel that. Yeah, yeah. The fact that they've reached out to you or to me or whoever else, oh, yeah, that's no. wicked. But you but, just want to be clear, like, please, yeah, like, I worry. Yeah, that's my yeah, thing is I yeah, worry. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like if someone said to me, do you want to change this tyre? I'd be like, oh, <laughs> I can't. I'll give it a go. I'll always give it a go. But don't blame me if it falls off down the road. So, yeah, on the, on the Twitter, it's slightly easier because you can direct them, obviously, to places. And yeah. I get, you know, someone emailed me to, yesterday saying, I think I can say, I always, you know, make sure to keep it anonymous. But someone literally emailed me yesterday saying, my dad's died today. What the hell oh, do yeah. I do? And I was like, you know, I'm about to go to bed and I thought, okay, this one needs to be replied to. And so I'm the same as you. I, I It's not palming off, but I'm very clear, like, uh, what's happened to you is fucking awful. Yeah. You're going to feel pretty bad. These There are services that can help you. And I, not, I guess it's the other good thing of being 20 years in. I know I'm not going to make you feel better. Nothing is going to make you feel better for some time. Yeah. So that's just fact. So I always recommend um, Cruise Bereavement Care, right. C-R-U-S-E, who offer lots of free bereavement counselling. Not everywhere is free, but they have a really good service. And if you tweet them, they often um, can help you. There's a someone on Twitter called the Good Grief Trust who... Um, uh, have lots of resources of bereavement stuff. Yeah. There's a lady called Catherine Mannix who's written a book called um, With the End in Mind. Who's, she's an ex-palliative care consultant. Oh, she'll kill me, something like that. And um, <laughs> she's very active on Twitter about resources and where to go. And her book With the End in Mind is one of the best books I've read about. Hers is about how all these people died. Yeah. So if anybody's anxious about it, I always recommend it because she really talks about just the physical process of what happened, literally what happens to your body. Wow. And yeah. it and is incredible. And the other one I recommend is Julia Samuel Griefworks, who is a grief psychotherapist who started Child Bereavement UK. Um, and she's an amazing woman. And her book, Griefworks, is case studies of her time as a, a grief um, psychotherapist. Yeah. And her book's very, there's an introduction and a conclusion that's very clear about what grief literally is. Because I think right. sometimes you can feel so, you just, you're just feeling, you're just like, I'm just so sad and I'm so upset. And that's all I'm, I'm aware of. And you don't realise that the same part of your brain that lights up when you're grieving lights up when you're depressed. So it's that bit of your brain that make that will make you feel isolated. Yeah. But I remember thinking, oh, it's it's not a feeling. I am. No one understands. I am yeah. alone. And that's why I always end the show <laughs> cheesily with, like, you're not alone because you're chemically being told no one fucking gets it. Yeah. But it's not true. There are people who get it. There are people who can help you. And it's about, you know, again, with all mental health, it's like separating that feelings aren't facts, you know, yeah. like you're feeling this very overwhelming thing, but there's people out there who can help. And with time, which I know is the worst thing in the world, yeah. it won't go away. I always say this, it's not going, people will email me, well, when when will it stop, Karen? And I'm like, I'm 20 years in, what, what yeah. do you want me to say to you? Like, but it will get easier the waves of grief we talk about a lot are less or I think what really happens is you get used to them. So yeah. if I have a bad day, which I would say is quite rare these days, you know, I don't, I maybe get, maybe have two or three times a year, I'll get like a big kind of like, oh, f- fuck, I feel awful today. You know, when you, when you're 
fresh out of the box, you're getting that every hour. Yeah. So it, the waves get much less. But um, what happens now if I have a bad day or if I, you know, I'm really not, not even miss I don't even miss him anymore because it's too long to miss someone. It's just that feeling of like, oh, I'm sad because I don't, my dad was never here. What happens is you go, oh, I've lived through this. I remember this. I remember getting through this. Yeah. I remember how long it's going to take. So you just get really good at going, oh, this, is a, this isn't a too bad. This could be fixed with a bit of ice cream and watching the American office for two hours, I yeah. think. Like you kind of have to judge it, you know. L- learning those yeah, triggers yeah. or learning when it's a problem and learning what your yeah. solutions are. I think the great thing about – you mentioned the, the book that, 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 has, that goes through a load of – case studies yeah, grief works. Um, and it's similar I think with grief cast as well is that going reading or hearing about a lot of different experiences you're going to find similarities in there because yeah, yeah. the fact is with grief as with any mental health thing is it's so personal and so individual yes um, exactly, and that can yeah. that can make it feel isolating so while someone you might be right that no one has gone through what you're going mm. through but they've gone through that part of it and this person over here has gone through that part yeah, of it so the, the the individual puzzle that you've made is is unique but the pieces match other, yeah, other puzzles yeah. as well and you can find that connection and find and what we always say on the show like your grief of course is unique because your relationship to that person yeah. was only created with the two of you so my brother has a very different relationship to my dad than i do and that's you know in the same family and he's not making a podcast and talk about it. he doesn't really need to do that at all so i think that's such a good example of like how unique it can be and yet how yeah like you said how helpful it can be like i thought my dad had died of a very rare strange cancer until i started grief cast and um so he died of pancreatic cancer right and once i started talking about it pcrf and pcuk who are big pancreatic cancer charities got in touch and you know started helping me with you know facts to actual statistics and i found out oh it's the fifth biggest cancer causer in the mm. uk like its funding hasn't changed since the 1970s i was going to say it's the, the problem with pancreas is why it can seem so obscure yeah. is that it's it's not a a pretty or fancy one it's not a yeah, breast yeah. Or, or 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 one of these where you can people want to get, get behind yeah. and go here's the thing is it's one of the biggest k- killers yeah, one of the least supported and funded. And, yeah, yeah, it's and, unbelievable. And its funding hasn't changed since the nineteen seventies because it's such a com. And again, this is the other thing I've learned: people think cancers are the same thing. Cancers are complete, like different in different parts of your body, yeah. and very treatable in different parts of your body. And the pancreas, like, has barely any symptoms, and it normally isn't found until it's spread, which is why the survival rates are like literally like it's seven yeah. percent. Oh, it's yeah. insanely awful because by the time you are ill, it's very much. It just happened to my dad. It yeah. really, really spread. So he went yellow, uh, literally turned yellow. And then they were wow. like, oh, it must be liver cancer. And then when they started looking, they were like, oh, it's spread from his liver. It's pancreas. Right. And yeah, it's, you know, but the thing I had grown up thinking, oh, he had this very strange, weird thing that no one I've ever met has ever had. I've never heard anyone mention it again. I start talking about it. You know, a girl emailed me who literally had the same story, which was in New Zealand. She was like, I was 15. He died really quickly. It was my dad, the pancreatic cancer. And I was like, if this is so nice in a way yeah, to know yeah. like, oh, <laughs> nice sounds wrong. But like, oh, I see. I was just going through a really normal human experience. Yeah. Like, and obviously it's rare to lose a dad that young, but but it also isn't. There's also people going through that. And when you feel like you've had a weird thing, I think that really, you feel like ashamed and a bit like, oh, I had this strange thing that no one understands. No one will understand me. 
it's a thing that I probably won't talk about because it's it's weird. Yeah. But then when you the grief community, you're like, oh, there's loads of us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see. And it, and and nice is the right word. Yeah, and yeah. It, sh- it shouldn't felt, be yeah. shied away from. I, I speak. She was I'm, really happy. She emailed me yeah. like, oh my god, me too. It's a beautiful thing. Is f- f- finding those moments of happiness. I, I've I've talked a few times about my favourite day of the year is April twenty fifth every year because it's the day that my mate. Jamie, he, he, it's, it was his birthday, and mm. when we were both t- t- 21, he took his own life. And it was horrible for so long. But as you said, you, there's a point where you stop missing them because mm. it's just weird. I'm yeah. not the same person. Yeah, yeah. He would probably think I'm a dick. He's like, he wouldn't, <laughs> or I would look at him and go, what? Because he's now, he's 21 still. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's yeah. never changed that. But there was a point where it became, all oh, right, actually, every day on this year, if I go on, f- on, f- on Facebook, all my friends are sharing really nice happy memories yeah. about him and every year me and my mates or, or most years we'll go around to his mum and dad's house and his brother's there oh, and so we nice. all just have a barbecue and yeah. talk about nice stuff and it's it seems as said it seems weird and the first time I'd mentioned it I'd feel uncomfortable saying I love that day because yeah, yeah. it's a horrible day it's the anniversary of a death but no it's okay to love that because yeah. we don't spend all day every day thinking of these things yeah. and it's beautiful to have these moments where you go right today I'm going to hear another story that I've never heard or the same story I hear of his dad every year that I love hearing because I'm not close to his parents in that way that we live next to each other and we hang out. So, yeah, it it can be a beautiful and nice thing to find those those points in grief that can give you that warmth. I've I've always said it's something (laughs) that I've seen in social media in recent years. Tragedies, obviously, are horrific. (laughs) They're tragedies. Yeah, yeah. But they also can bring the absolute best out of humans. Yeah, the times yeah. that you see everyone come together in a square because of a tragedy that's happened and all be there together. I'm, I'm, I'm getting emotional now yeah, thinking yeah, about yeah. it. Or or when you see everyone singing a Prince song after Prince died. Yeah, yeah. Thousands of people. That's the best of humanity. And that comes because of grief. So yeah. there is beauty in there. Whilst it's this ugly, yeah, horrible I thing, agree. there's beauty in there. And that should be okay to acknowledge and not feel oh I should feel bad for yeah. being happy about this or that's being I mean. do you know what we, I mean enjoying we make that it moment like, grief and death is that's in the sad room and it can't have anything else in it yeah. and, I, and I completely agree that if you can reframe a day and make it a celebration of their life then like why the fuck not like yeah, it was I mean again you know? and to be clear it was years and years later there was many oh, yeah, years was where like we didn't the first year meet we up like, or hang out yeah, or anything yeah. it's like a good Takes time. Five, Takes ten time, years yeah. down the line, we were like, oh, sh- "Shall we meet up? It's Jay's birthday again." So, yeah. and then it just became this thing that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. But yeah, it is. It's that. I mean, I talked about it on. I did a podcast with or Stu, who does the Pod Bible th- yes, thing. Who yeah, you yeah. met? He's got a podcast called Hardcore Listing, where they do just top fives of anything. And we did. I had them on here to do top five s- songs that make you cry, oh. which is a, me- a mess of an episode because yeah, we're literally yeah. getting emotional <laughs> going over the lyrics. But one of the examples of that was Don't Look Back in Anger after the Manchester um, oh, yeah, attack. And when yeah, they perform yeah. that and there's these people who have all recently l- lost this, but this this huge part of their life, but they're there together with other people who've been yeah. through that and they're singing a song that the lyrics now are a million times more poignant. There's a beauty in that, and yeah. that's that's the beautiful thing. Again, it's it's such a British thing to hide away our grief, our pain, yeah, our yeah. our emotions in general. And it's in moments like that that you go, "All oh, right, if we let the 
and again, Griefcast is a prime example. If we allow ourselves to let these emotions out, I said it's not a depressing hour of a podcast. Yeah, no, it's not. It, it has its moments <clears throat> because also like, it's, like any know, human emotion doesn't last that long. Like yeah. it's very hard to just sob for an hour. Yeah, and you know anyone who's grieving will tell you you can sob and rack and like make the most weird honking noise possible, but you can't do it for that long. Your no. body sort of stops you. It's like I think we're done. Yeah, like, yeah. and you might do it again in ten minutes, but like that, yeah, the, the, nothing can last that long. And I, I think what you're talking about, which I think is so interesting is connection yeah. and I think we're in a really strange time where we are more connected than we've ever been but we're also I mean it's such a cliche thing to say but we're also like more isolated Completely agree. but like to see you know in the days when you lived in the same village and you you would have come together as a community when something awful happened that wouldn't have seemed so strange I think sometimes now because there's such there's just so many people in our like lives there's so much connection yeah. so when you see something like that like after a tragedy somebody coming together I think it reminds you somehow this like you said a real human trait of like oh we're actually, it actually it's just the people in my village yeah. like that's actually why I need to care about them because we're all living in the same place and yeah. it, their, their pain upsets me because I'm affected by it but I think yeah. sometimes we try and push that that feeling is very difficult to know that you're affected by other people's pain is very difficult because it means you're vulnerable and it means that you will feel pain. And I think that's why when we're overwhelmed with pain, you know, these the media and the news and things that are happening, you think, oh, it's too much pain. I, I don't care about those people or I don't know them or I'm just going to have to put it out there because to realise, like, the whole everybody's pain in this world is going to yeah. somehow affect you. Of course it is. Of course it is. Yeah. Whether it, you know. But so equally, think, it's, it's, it's fine that it is such a, it can be, be such a quick on and off. Yeah, you know, yeah. and, and your example there of when you've cried all you can cry. Yeah. I've had that before where <laughs> it's such a literally funny feeling, isn't it? a minute later I'm like, all right, well, that happened then. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. going to go and get some food. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of because it is such. So that's completely acceptable on the grander scales of grief yeah, as well. On yeah. reading about something, you can be emotional and then go and enjoy a computer yeah, game yeah. or go and laugh laugh with your mates. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. No, no. It's, but I think it's like of... letting that space in. Like, allow, I think we sometimes, like I said, we fight the sadness so hard. Yeah. And I know I did that for years. Like I talk about the show all the time of like, I just was like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Because I just was so, my thing was like, I was so afraid. If I open that door to grief, I don't, I don't know if I can ever close it. Yeah. I honestly thought it just, I'll just cry forever. Yeah. And then the more I dealt with it, I went to therapy and I mean, literally like 18 years after he died, I finally went and started dealing with it. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I see, you can cry and then you just stop. And then yeah. you feel a bit better. But I was so afraid of, yeah, being vulnerable. I think grief is, grief is, is such an overwhelming feeling. It's such a, and if you haven't and it been can, through it, it can, it can seem a bit odd of like, yeah. it does take over your whole brain and your whole life. You and know? it can, I think all these things can also be confusing because there's there's guilt involved as yeah, well because yeah. there's how you should be reacting and again oh my god when yeah. you do have that first point where you realize that you don't miss them as such anymore yeah. that, that, or you that, haven't thought about that, them that, that day can be a whole, like, feel oh, so bad. I'm terrible yeah. I'm such a, it's like, no again all of that is perfectly natural but... that's what I love about grief classes there's so many things so many episodes when people have said to me um I'm just this is like they feel so bad they'll be like oh, I did this thing and I'm like you're like the 25th person to say you did that like yeah. it's so co-. and then they're like oh really like the amount of times people say um, they left the room and the person died and they feel so guilty and having spoken to palliative care nurses they're like oh yeah all the time because and this Catherine Mannix said to me she was like I, she's like you know there's no evidence there's no science for this but I think some people wait until you've left the room <laughs> it's just like and some people don't some people hang on and they want you in the room some people 
want to do it by themselves. I would completely want to do it. Yeah, by myself exactly. I wouldn't want anyone there I'd and want to be like I don't want them to look at me or I, don't, I might <laughs> yeah, look might horrible when I do it or weird or they're going to feel bad and it's going to yeah, be so many guests have been like torturing themselves going like oh, I, I just want to get a cup of tea I literally I'd been there for a week as a vigil and I just I just and then when you sort of listened because I've listened obviously to all these episodes done them all you go God, it's always happening yeah and that person spent a week going, would you just go and get a cup of tea, please? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm exhausted. But that made me so, it. it made me so happy because then when people go, oh, I, again, the thing with guilt and shame, isn't it? Once you share it and people go, oh, yeah, me too. You're like, oh, I don't have to feel, I don't have yeah. to feel guilty for laughing at, at, you know, laughing in a hospice, making jokes around a dead body, like stuff. Yeah. You're, we're all doing these things. And what I think is interesting is comedians are happier to admit it because it's funny and we don't mind. We're like, yeah, it's funny. So as long as it's funny, I don't really care what the consequences are. And then I think that's been helpful for people listening to be like, oh, I get so many emails from people being like, oh, I, I didn't like to tell anyone, but we had a very funny incident after that my so-and-so died and we all felt very guilty about laughing. I'm like, no, it's so shit. Grief's yeah. so awful. If you can get some peace and laughter in the middle of it, take 100%, 100%. it. 100%. <laughs> well, I mean... Speaking of, 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 of proof, of, of, of scientific or medical proof, what's your belief okay. in the afterlife? <laughs> oh. Be- because it's a weird one. Yeah. Because I don't believe there's anything there yet. There's certain things I do. Like I, I like to go to a park near my nans. I like yeah, to have a peep yeah. at her old house. I like to do stuff and I, I like to think of her and think that she'd like this. And same with my mate Jay. There's certain yeah. things I do that I'm like, oh, he would have loved that or... I'll specifically go somewhere, like visiting graves. I visit the graves of of people I've lost and I think it's a beautiful thing. Yet my logical mind, I don't believe in it. I don't believe they're here anymore. And I was thinking of it when you mentioned the the Glastonbury thing because my thought was instantly, I was like, if I was there, I would have gone there and said hello to Nick. And then I thought, thinking... I would have, even though I don't believe there's any... (laughs) It's this weird... It's really weird, isn't it? weird thing. I was raised very like, you know not particularly Church of England D school hall and so like yeah. you know my and my parents were, would have said oh we're, we're Christian but not you know they were also in a cult and doing weird stuff so like they <laughs> you know they weren't exactly like normal compared like my husband was raised like that's like militant atheist like right. completely like we went to, <laughs> we went to a church wedding once and he was so you know that when you just sort of things you get used to say like and also with you and all, yeah, he was like yeah. why is everyone standing what's happening now and I was like oh yeah if you haven't had any of it you you, you don't you it's know that's so of, weird i grew up yeah. in it all as, as well and when you go yeah. back to it you are like wow we this feels culty yeah, this feels yeah. trance like you just sort of but that stuff that you know so when after my dad died i was very um i was i didn't think he'd gone to heaven but i definitely felt his presence mm. and i think that's what i've got as i've got older similar to you which is probably a very like i'm sure someone religious would be like fucking liberal like comedian like oh you want the best of both worlds do you you want to believe that something might be there but you're not going to go to church or follow any of his rules you're like yeah I do yeah yeah I feel hedge my bets and also having spoken to so many people and had so many stories which sometimes you just think I mean that's just so weird like stuff happens you think that's just so fucking I haven't got a lot I can't describe that for you and yeah like I definitely the thing that I found weird after my dad died he I don't know how to explain this. He was definitely still about for a bit. Yeah. Like in the house. He just was. And my mum, I don't remember this, but my mum says I came home one week I went back to the house. And, my, and I said, apparently, oh, he's gone. And my mum was like, what? She, I said, he's gone. You can feel it. And then she was like, oh, like something had wow. just shifted. Whether that's, 
us imagining it to make ourselves feel better or the literal presence of a soul or just because my dad was a very you knew he was in the room is what yeah, I always say yeah, so yeah. he had a big presence so perhaps I think you know you give out that energy and I think walls pick stuff up like they just you know they're just natural material that's I sound really hippie now I am a hippie I went to the wailing wall when I was a teenager right. on a school trip weird and um I loved I loved being in Israel it was amazing and I put my hand on the wailing wall <laughs> never told this story and it buzzed. It like buzzed this wall. Oh, wow. And I thought, whatever you believe, the fact that, you know, for thousands of years, people have poured their hearts and souls into that wall, it means there's something that whether scientifically you could say, no, there's nothing here. And or you could be like, yes, this is a holy wall. Like whatever yeah. you believe, there's the fact that human beings have put so much importance on that one object. Yeah. It's going to affect it, I believe, in some way. Yeah. I mean, it's a fascinating one that we, we really, <clears throat> I think... Uh, on the kind of on 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 the atheist front, that people, it's something my brother was teaching me about recently. How in this day and age we kind of say science is fact and religion is ignoring yeah, yeah, the yeah. facts, and that was was never the case originally. A lot no, of the great scientific things came other. from yeah. a religion, and the point being, science ignores so much that religion tries to yeah. address and account for and makes. Yeah, a sense of. of the the easy example my my brother gave was numbers. Yeah, yeah. There's two of us here. That 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 two doesn't actually exist anywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's in yeah. our minds. <laughs> We're both aware of this two. Yeah. It's not a physical thing. Yeah. So that isn't addressed in science, yeah. and or or even simply a, a mathematical. A, a, a equation. The 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 fallibility of maths is explained in. You're aware of infinity is an endless amount of numbers. So two times infinity is the same as infinity. Yeah. But it can't oh, be because it's two times. <laughs> just, 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 I mean, it's yeah, just yeah, it's yeah. to show that there's certain things that it can't be explained away. And what <clears throat> religion at least tries to do is to try and explain the, the, the auras or the feelings mm. or the... the, the the, the mind. Or, side of I mean, it, yeah. everything Everything that we do is in yeah, our head and that isn't yeah. explainable. If you look in the brain, there's not the thoughts and all that. So there is this key part of all of our existence that isn't explained in science. And that's yeah. what religion, I think, tries to do in places. So whilst I think it gets it wrong a lot and I don't particularly agree with any of the religions, I don't agree that, well, they're all just nonsense yeah. and science has got it figured out. Well, that's how, like, as, as I keep saying, like, I'm a really, like, I sound like such a moderate, but I, well, I, I always think... Nothing is simple. Yeah. Nothing is like, you're wrong, I'm right. Nothing yeah, yeah, is. Yeah. And, we, you know, having spoken to so many people about death and, and spoken to people who are end-of-life doulas or palliative care nurses, like, there's, there's some stuff that happens when people die that's a bit strange and isn't explainable. And that I'm okay with that. Like, yeah. I'm really okay. I don't, I don't, as a person, I know other people, I don't feel the need to go, well, either it's God or it's science. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. who, who knows? It's just some yeah. weird shit. And, like, I've definitely... I've seen, you know, my dad's not the only person I've seen pass away and I've definitely been in the presence of, I think that, I think in, it sounds really patronising again, but like when you see a dead body, that's what I found, that sort of really changed my thinking. So I was like, oh, he's not in that anymore. Yeah. So where is he? What What is he? Yeah. What is that? And it, whatever, I, I sort of always come back, like whatever works for you, if it gives you comfort, if it gives you comfort to have religion, I absolutely don't judge people for it at all because I think, how nice to think we're all going to heaven. Lovely. Yeah. Why not? That sounds yeah, wonderful. Completely. 
but but also when people the other thing that annoys me with that when they go oh well they all think we're going to heaven it's easy it's like no but they have to live in this world full of pain and believe that their god is is part of that plan that's really it's hard to be to have faith it's really hard to look around the world and go okay this is all for this other reason he's got a reason he's 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 going somewhere with this he's going just hear him out yeah so i'm (laughs) definitely not religious in that like traditional sense but um there's a church that we used to go to a lot my grandpa was really involved in and um he like in the city of london my grandpa worked in the city a lot and um that's where my dad's funeral was and if i walk past it i always pop in and light a candle yeah and my my atheist husband is always a bit like i now light a candle for his mum and dad as well and he's always a bit like um i don't know how they how they'd feel about it <laughs> and i say i know but for me it gives me a comfort yeah. And I also don't think there's not a there's not malicious. I mean, some people feel it's malicious, but to put you know put your religion aside. But I go to that church and I just sit there and I just feel a bit better. And but it's such a catch twenty two as well because yeah, yeah. if you're right, then they're not going to feel anything exactly, about it because exactly. they're not there to feel about they don't it. Mind. So, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, but if you're not, then yeah, it's this. For and for me, when time. I light that candle, what I'm doing, and again, that's the thing. I think sometimes we we try and put rules or put meaning, but all I'm doing when I light a candle is remembering them. Yeah. A bit like you're saying with Jay's birthday, yeah. you're just remembering him, and no one can tell you that's right or wrong to remember someone. Like, yeah. that's the way I'm choosing to remember them, in a place where I know that candle's going to stay alight for a bit. And that makes me feel like... And I just take a moment to go, you know, these people that I have lost who are significant and shaped me and a part of me to just go, oh, I'm just thinking of you right now. And wherever you are or whoever you are, and even if you're nothing and it's just you're just disappeared into the sky, I hope you're all right. <laughs> like, yeah. and, you know, and I hope I'm all right. And it's just to, just to take that time to go, oh, yeah, that person mattered. And I think, you know... And that's nice for the, the living. Yeah, it's definitely for me. Any. It's an yeah, act for me. It's not for I my mean, dad. I think, that's, yeah. I think that's the key as... I'm not worrying about him of, in that yeah, situation. Ex- exactly. So if you believe it or not, if it's helping that individual and yeah, if it's helping yeah. other individuals, if it, if it means that we're all getting together and having a chat and having a yeah. conversation, then that's, that's the best situation We always situation say in the podcast, anyway. like, whatever works for you, as long as it's not causing you or someone else harm yeah. or pain. Yeah, like that's yeah, what you yeah, you know because you're right you can't just be like well I feel good drinking whiskey and smashing bottles on people's faces so I'm going to do it you're like yeah. well that other it's people it's my don't way like of it. grieving yeah it's my way of grieving people do like to try that oh, I'm grieving but I think yeah I find that really helpful and I think like you said earlier it's like what what works you know with mental health it's like what works for you yeah. it won't work for someone else but going to that church and I don't ever make a pilgrimage it's just sometimes you know you're you're in the city you think oh it's just there I yeah. always make sure I go and pop in and say hello <laughs> I love it. so yeah I, I I've actually got weirdly a bit more spiritual doing the show because yeah. so many people have said so many things that I've gone god it's just I just don't think it's simple I There's don't something there. but I welcome the atheist to tell me that it's you know yeah but I th- even That's atheism, well. I think atheism is deeply spiritual. To believe that you're just a body and you degrade back into the earth, that to me sounds deep. I think, wow, like all, all your nitrogen going back belief. in. That's yeah. Kind of this, yeah. I don't see a lack of belief in atheism. I see just a different form of, of processing. Again, people f- fall upon science for atheism. But as I said, the main bit, our personalities, the stuff that's going on, there's mm. no scientific yeah, yeah. W- w- way of logging that, of, of, of reading that. It's why we can't r- read people's minds. It's something that's just there. So we can't scientifically go, well, that bit just stops. Yeah, yeah. Because does it, it? Does that continue on somewhere <clears throat> know, else? Exactly. It's, it, the, the, it's chances really are it does just stop. But that there's nothing to 
you can't, say that. It's, yeah. Well, even when people say, oh, to me, oh, the worm food thing. And it's like, well, we cremated my dad and we spread those ashes. And those ashes went into the earth somewhere. Yeah. And they'll be part of a plant somewhere. Yeah. And that plant will grow. And, you know, I mean, it's not, I'm such a hippie. But, like, I do believe, like, <laughs> it's not. It, you, you literally, and this is the thing that blew my mind at school. <laughs> Yet you can't destroy energy. Like, it just yeah. changes. Yeah, completely. So it's just going somewhere else. Whatever, yeah. Wherever you believe that energy is going, it's going somewhere. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm going to move on from Griefcast before oh. we wrap things up. <laughs> it's, it's become just a big conversation. But you've been in some of, of my favourite things ever. I do so, do comedy. I know. It's so bad. Yeah, I talk so much about death. There's the comedy side <laughs> of it as well. Um, you do improv and you do comedy. But the ones that I, I need to get some conversation about. Yes. Murder in Successville, oh, I yeah. think, is just one of the greatest shows Love doing that show. ever. Yeah. How was that to be part of? Because... The thing that always blew me away about it was now that it's made, this is the greatest thing ever. I've no idea how this got made because it's such a bonkers idea. <laughs> yeah, I and know. it's such, it looks <clears throat> so much f- fun to make yeah. and such a laugh that you'd think it's mad that the BBC made allowed this yeah. to happen and did this. But it was one of those, like, such a good show. As a comedy actor, you get asked to do, you know, lots of read throughs and tasters. And I remember I came in, they didn't taste it before me, but I came in on one taster. Which is like a 15 minute version of it. And I remember right. them explaining it to me and me thinking, what? What are they talking about? But they were like, I. I Again, said, I should explain this. It's, oh, yeah, it's, sorry. It's, yeah. it's Tom Davis is, is playing the role of a, uh, of a detective. D.I. Sleet. D.I. Sleet. And he has a, a celebrity partner each time who just doesn't know anything that's, that's going yeah, on. There's been a murder in Successful, the town yeah. of Successful, and everyone, all the celebrities are actually played by comedians yeah. and then the real celebrity has to guess like a murder mystery who's done it who did the murder but mystery it's, so it's there will ridiculous. be so the, the the doctor will be Miley Cyrus or Miley Cyrus the chief or the other chief is Gordon yeah. Ramsay yeah, except yeah. it's not Gordon Ramsay it's being played it's by Liam a comedian Liam doing a great impression so yeah. yeah but then there will be a, a Deborah Meaden or or whoever else who will actually be there as the assistant yeah. in yeah. trying to solve the murder mystery you still mystery. have to watch it's one of those it's so you weird still to explain, have to watch it? it yeah but that's exactly why I'm like well yeah. How did it get made? Because you completely have to watch this for it to make any sense well, Tom, on paper. They, I mean, Tom, credit to Tom and those producers because they were just absolutely... I think they were, you know, pushing it for a while, yeah. just being like, this can work. It's going to be Based great. on Tom's, you know, such a funny person and, yeah. and that character he had down so well. So, yeah, we did this taster with them. Oh, I, I've, I've forgotten his name, but he was like a massive pop star because he, like, tweeted a picture of us doing it on the taster. And it, right. I got, like, hundreds of girls, oh, like... Wow. It, <laughs> me going where is he now and I was like who 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 is he what's who happening but I can't remember I'm so sorry I can't remember his name but yeah the first time they talked I just said well what do you need me to do and the first taster I was Justin Bieber which we did again in the first series and they were like well we just want you to be Justin Bieber and I was like well can I do it as if I'm like a New York 1930s gangster and like yeah I was like well great that's fine you know and I'm happy to again, do that that's the beauty of it it's not necessarily always accurate impressions mm. of it's these weird it's mix, warped versions it? yeah, of yeah. it's Justin Bieber but Justin Bieber <coughs> as yeah a guy who works in a morgue or, yeah, or, yeah. or whatever else it may be so. yeah and so yeah like the first series was really mad like we just it was I've never worked on a show like that where you just really don't know you're like it, what's happening you're like what's happening and is, yeah. and all the celebrities so as well so much of it is improv as well because <coughs> the celebrity yeah the, the actual celebrity the real um, celebrity isn't yeah. 
isn't hasn't got a script. Isn't, no, isn't and they keep them. Um, so they let, they let keep them along. aside as well. Yeah. So we never even see them so, until they walk onto set and you're dressed as Miley Cyrus. So, so you guys have got a rough script and you know the, the yeah, they points have a, that you have to hit. Yeah, yet there's going to be improvised bits because you're working with someone who hasn't yeah. seen the script. I should say, like they have writers and they do a proper script. Yeah, but obviously the problem is you do. A, I remember like Deborah Meaden. I was being Cheryl. For Sanders, Cole, Vincini, whatever yeah. you want to know her as. Um, and we had this scripted bit we were going to get Deborah to do with these sandwiches, and Tom and I were going to do this thing. And we practice it, we rehearse it, we, you know, we're like, oh, and if she does this, we'll do this. And then she, we got the sandwiches. I'm sitting there with Cheryl, like, no, we got, and I'm like, oh, we're all ready to do it. That's a terrible Cheryl impression. I haven't done it for ages. <laughs> all I can, I Cheryl, she goes, I'm so shocked. That's my show. I can't believe it. I'm so shocked. Um, and her face doesn't change. Did you see her? Who do you think you are? Everything. No, she was like, I'm so shocked. I'm so sad. I can't believe it. I'm so shocked. It was amazing. Anyway, so then Deborah sat down and she just started interrogating me and Tom. Like, actually, inter- like was like, how long have you known each other? What's happening? How long have you lived? And we had all this stuff planned. We were going to do sandwiches and we were looking at each other like, I have to go out the window because that's yeah. what she's doing. So we had to like massively invent this backstory about how we'd been a couple but he'd dumped me and I was upset about it like, because it was like she was not playing the sandwich game so you're yeah. like oh okay so yeah there is a very tight they do you know plan we work out jokes or funny things yeah. that happen and then it just often gets thrown out the and window because they decide wherever it goes yeah because they literally walk in the room and, and they don't know who they're meeting and what's happening and you know yeah. and then you're dressed and like Miley Cyrus it took three hours to I had like fake um, I had two wigs on fake bottom and up, uh, upper and bottom, whatever the word is, teeth. And I was managing an old people's home. And Amazing. like we had all these old like extras playing old people and Demo O'Leary just walked in and, you know, it's it's obviously it's quite overwhelming, I think, to yeah. <laughs> suddenly That's be faced with Miley Cyrus on. shouting at you. Um, but yeah, I love I loved doing that show because they really let you have a lot of fun. And yeah. it was, yeah. But the first series I really enjoyed because none of the celebrities really knew Obviously, the second series, you know, yeah. people have seen the people show, but that first or, series... Or Jamie Lang, the first episode I ever that saw was my with favorite. Jamie Lang. That's the best episode, or yeah. one of the best episodes of any comedy I've ever seen, because it's just... So I was Darcy Bustle in that one. Yes. Basically being Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. Darcy's quite yeah. hard to impress, because she's quite sort of, like, normal. Yeah. And, um, and then after the cameras stopped, he carried on questioning me. <laughs> he was like, but where were you? Where have these Euros come from? And I was like, oh, darling, I, couldn't, I don't know. I couldn't possibly tell you. Um, <laughs> And I was like looking at Tom, like, "What's happening? Have we?" Because I'd said cut. And I was like, "Should I?" Because they want to, they want to be right. They want to solve yeah, it. So he was like trying know. to get more clues. And I was like, oh, And it, then he was like, "What's on your bag?" And obviously, the costume people had just put crap in my bag. Like, there's nothing. And he was like, "Oh, I see. You've got some euros, and you've got um, like a mirror." And I was like, oh, "I didn't even know that was in there." The costume <laughs> lady didn't even know it was in there. It's just an old bag. They shoved it in front of me. So yeah. they get quite into trying to solve it. Yeah. Some of them do anyway. But yeah, I, like, I loved doing that show. It was so that. much fun. So, so g- going from something that you're probably looking at and going, what the hell is this? Mm-hmm. Is this even going to make it to air? Yeah, is just, anyone going to care about <clears throat> this? Yeah. The other one I, I need to get into about <laughs> yeah. is the recent, at this time with Alan Partridge, yeah. then jumping onto, I mean, Alan is one of the greatest <sighs> yeah. comedy creations Ever. of all time. Yeah. and. I thought this return was perfect. I, I was stunned when I saw so many people being, oh, I'll wait and see. It's probably going to be crap. I was what? like, <laughs> it was like his, his mid-morning matters stuff, was which so I guess good. a lot of people yeah. didn't see because it was on oh, Sky yeah. or whatever. There so, was some on YouTube before the Sky yeah, ones, yeah, which was yeah. so on Facebook good. as well, yeah, wasn't it? Originally yeah. was the first ones, I oh, think. they were so funny. And they were just 
as good as anything he's ever done. So yeah. I was excited, but it was beautiful to see. Because again, I, I was, was tweeting about it saying, I can't wait for this. And a few people were like, I don't know, maybe they should leave it alone and all that. <laughs> and I was, again, if you've not had yeah. the mid-morning matters to know that it's... To know the, that, the, also, the, to know from um, knowing me, brothers. knowing you. Yeah. Like, knowing me, knowing you, if he'd stopped there, you wouldn't have got the yeah. other, you know, yeah, the other yeah. series that most I'm people know. Yeah. I'm Alan Partridge. You go, well, they managed it with um, knowing me, knowing you, taking yeah. that character and completely moving him and aging him and, and turning it into this. Yeah. So of course they can keep, of course they can keep doing yeah. it. That was incredible. So how was that to work on? Oh my God. I just felt Hugan like, I felt like a be, fan. Yeah. I'm a comedy fan. That's yeah. why I do comedy. So the <laughs> yeah. same thing when I did Peep Show and when I did Unpartridge, I just, you just feel like you've won a competition. I felt like I was entered a smash hits competition yeah. and I was like, lucky enough to be sat there and I was waiting for someone to be like and you have to go now because now the proper people are going to do the thing Harriet. like it's, it's, it's just finished. yeah and it's you know it's Steve Coogan sitting there as Alan being Alan in front of you I do you know what it's one of the funnest days um filming because I just was like I don't care I've won I don't yeah, care I don't yeah. care what happens I get to sit next to him as he's doing it and watch the process which was just in so good like yeah the the detail, the refinement that him and um oh god, the Gibbons brothers, sorry, yes. have on it. You know the intensity and and like just obviously someone who writes comedy to see experts writing it was just like it was like a little workshop. I just sat there trying to take it all in and think, yeah. oh my god, okay, that's what he's doing. That and watching him, you know, especially because you're watching him do one take and then go, oh, I, I'm gonna, you know, he untouch my tie differently, and you could see the. the all of it building up I just felt lucky I just felt yeah. so lucky and it was such a nice that Alice Fluck was like it was such a good character it was so fun and I know I'd worked with Susanna Fielding before such a good character as well because it Come just on, had yeah. it's, it's one of the best bits of his of, of, of Alan's that. tongue-tied <laughs> things like that were just oh I see what I've done there so I also got to see which I feel sad for people who didn't the original script got was much longer and there were so many jokes that they would just drop they'd be like oh drop it because this is you know they had they have a wealth of wow, jokes yeah. and I, they were dropping jokes I was like if I'd written that I'd have it framed like that is the best thing that's <laughs> yeah. ever happened but they've got so many like oh well we can lose those three and put that one in you'd be like oh my god like no one even knows there was all this joke here yeah. wow. but they didn't even make it that's so funny so yeah the audition script was longer and then you know we filmed quite a lot and then it got cut down and you were like yeah I just honestly I couldn't have been I felt I just, and you sat on the sofa just watching him. It was yeah. wonderful. I just felt so so happy. And yeah, Susanna, who I did another sitcom with her, and I just thought she was amazing as well. Yeah. So her timing and sitting next to Steve Coogan, you know, like you said, he's just a, a legend, isn't he? In in terms of our world of comedy, yeah. and you think I thought she was so good with him. It's the one when I was, yeah. I was catching up <clears throat> with my brother. He was saying the complete unsung hero was was, was oh was yeah. Just, it was such a good. <clears throat> understated performance yeah. of everything and just and holding him fine. together completely yeah. holding that performance yeah. like you had to have Susanna for that for 100%. him to work yeah so yeah I would just some jobs I don't know if you have this you just feel really lucky and I I worked I, I, I literally I, I've only moved into acting in the last three four years and literally every job <laughs> I've had I've been like this is the best this is so I'm, I'm, I've got that excited child who's yeah, late yeah yeah it's nice to, to, to the party whereas everyone's sitting around jaded and miserable and I'm like <laughs> I want a film set yeah yeah I still feel How like cool that is this I, I don't feel like that with gigs so much because I think I've definitely once you've gigged for a long time you're you like that's what you get to know so well, <sighs> well yeah. the final thing is it, it, it's interesting because Murder and Successful I mean we've not talked about 
ostentatious and improv. I know, but I'm I guess so that would have. I should plug ostentatious. Your experience in that will have helped you and equipped you for murder and success, Phil, because oh, yeah, of the improvisation yeah, yeah. nature of it. But I don't think I've had anyone on who was on one of my favourite shows. It's a weird one to bring up because it's a show that's just been around a while but I love Would I Lie to You I think oh. it's just so much fun <laughs> I think it's genuinely oh. Bride and Mitchell and um, and Lee Mack are always just hilarious on it but I was thinking about it do you feel your 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 improv experience helped you in that situation in that show because you are having to yeah, to, to improvise yeah. you're, you're, you read out your either truth or lie yeah. and then you're having to to be interrogated again similar to Jamie Lang in Murder yeah, and Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're having to be into People try to interrogate, interrogate you. I get interrogated a lot. Yeah, yeah I think I, do, I don't do... I do. I have done panel shows. I, I yeah. wouldn't claim to be, you know, some stand-ups who are so amazing at them. Um, or you've done the best ones, though. Like. <laughs> what I like to QI and hypothetical are three of my absolute oh, favourites yeah, that are yeah. just really. I good. loved hypothetical. That yeah. was so fun. That was really. They really let you improvise on that. Yeah. But I think I would say to anybody. Um, I mean, not all comedians do improv, obviously. It's much bigger in America, but there's, it's getting bigger here. And I think every job I've had, the improv has come in handy. Like, yeah. what I love about it is, you know, so much of acting and television and comedy filming stuff just changes in front of your face. Completely. And what I love is I never panic. So that, like, Alan Potter, they were, you know, changing stuff literally before the camera rolled. Yeah. And the ability to just be, like, okay with that, not to say you're oh I'm, I'm great my performance would be great but just to not be like fucking hell shit I can't do it and I know other I've, actors I've learned my lines and now yeah, they're yeah. all gone and I think what comedy I is a really good place for actors who don't who don't mind things changing and evolving because I think the nice thing about when you do comedy filming is people go oh you know what it's funny if this happens it's funny if that. Yeah, well, it's, it's different yeah, in a of drama of course it's different you, sometimes it's structurally you can't change things yeah and I think that's what I love about improv is that you just go, okay, I know it'll be fine. I know it'll be fine. If they yeah. just suddenly change change your costume, your hair, what you're saying, where you're standing, the character name, it's like, yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And the panel shows it definitely, I mean, still, it still makes you nervous going on those things, especially like, would I lie to you? Like, God, you know, those are some very, very funny people. Yeah. And I, especially I've loved Rob Brydon since he did. Um, Marion and Jeff like. I, I think it's the best sh- show the BBC has ever made Marion yeah, and Jeff I just yeah. think because it's it's got a darkness and a oh, sadness so that like it, generally I'll watch it and it'll, it'll bring tears to my eyes because it's seen, just um, so beautifully done Human Remains the one he yes. did with Julia Davis yes, yeah yes. that also fantastic oh, god I love that show yeah and I Rob has a very special place in my heart because I wrote him when I was nobody and sent him a sketch that I did and he gave me a quote for my Edinburgh poster oh, wow. years like this is what yeah and then like posted my sketch and stuff and so I've always you know and you have like you were kind yeah. when I really needed it you didn't need um, to be. so yeah I'm always a bit funny about Rob I always feel like he's a bit of like I, w- I want him to be my uncle but I don't know if he wants that <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like so yeah I just those shows it's, if the more relaxed you can be the better because yeah. stuff happens that is not planned so yeah would i lie to you especially but even like have i got news for you you know qi yeah. like it's i i actually when i do them i don't like to be told anything preferably yeah. because yeah. i'm better that way i just react better that way especially with like qi you're like just don't i'll start worrying about should i you know should i, I really research shrews i can't know everything yeah so <laughs> yeah i may as well not yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly but the improv yeah, having done it for over 10 years and we've been doing Ostentatious now for eight years. So it's like that regular improv. It just yeah. means your brain is very relaxed when things are changing in front of you, which I think is quite a good human skill, yeah. <laughs> hopefully. Com- completely. Well, I'll wrap things up now by kind of, let's just talk 
a little bit now about how how you approached bringing Griefcast, which is such an intimate and personal conversation, to a live oh, yeah, a, a, yeah, a, yeah. A scenario. Because when I, I've never done – I've done this podcast live, but I always do it as the crowd of the guest. So oh. people just come up one at a time. Oh, nice. And they come up and sit down. And the reason for that is I – the point of them is that they're meant to be these intimate conversations, yeah, not a performance. Yeah. As soon as there's a crowd there, you're going to be giving your, and here's my anecdote yeah, about yeah. the time I met Stephen Fry. <laughs> nah, 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 and, and go on. So I've kind of, I've never done them live, but you kind of found a way to make Grief Pass work live by having kind of multiple guests on often and yeah. things like that. What, what was your I think, thought and approach on that? Yeah, I, well, there's a really good comedy festival called MacFest yes. in Wales, yeah. Mahundith. And um, I used to do my solo shows there. And one year, Henry, who runs it, was like, oh, do you want to do Griefcast? And I was like, yep. <laughs> and I thought, the fuck am I going to do Griefcast? <laughs> Which is how all, <laughs> Pip, like, that's how all my decisions are. It's yep. like me, I say, yep. And then I think, oh, shit. So that was, and then obviously there's like a load of comedians there. And I thought, well, I can't do one-on-one because I agree, it, the whole point of Griefcast is intimate, it's yeah. personal, it's closed. In the, like there's in the room is closed, there's not an audience present. So I thought, well, I can't do one-on-one. No one will open up. And then I thought, oh, well, I'll just get three comedians and figure it out because <laughs> I'm an improviser. Oh, <laughs> so right. just beforehand, I, I bought some cakes and I had a cup of tea and I thought, well, I'll just ask them. And the first one was Nish Kumar, Kiri, Pichar McLean and Phil Wang. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> MacFest, they're all there. Yeah, yeah, they're exactly. all there and they've got an hour free. Yeah. And it the nice thing, I think, because I, I used to do a lot of device theatre as well, so I don't mind things being a bit ropey at first and then you think, oh, this is how, this is what we need to learn yep. from. So the first one wasn't ropey, but I've definitely got a bit tighter format now. But what we just talked about was just how they felt about death and then we sort of loosely planned their funerals. But I always, I've done a, quite a few now live ones and... um I think because I'm a live performer, I, wa- I wanted to have a place where I could do it because I missed, I missed, you know, I like being on stage. Yeah. So I, I was like, come on, we, there must be a way to do this and get a crowd in and, and have, a, have a night for people who are grieving that's kind of positive. Yeah. So they're in a room where we all talk about death, but it's often very, very funny. And um, they're with people around them who are interested in that subject. So they don't feel alone. They don't feel weird. And they often speak to people and be like, oh, yeah, me too. You know, everyone sort of finds their, oh, yeah, are you dead mum club? Yeah, 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 me too. And um, I was like, oh, I want, I want to have that community, to have a night out. I feel like we deserve a night out. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I did work hard to try and make it, to think about how it would be. And I always say to the comedians, I also really book, it's really comedians for that yeah. one. It's also a nice way if someone says to me, People often say to me, I want to do it, but I haven't got, no one's died. And I think, well, someone must have died. But they say, I haven't got a story. So if they haven't got a big story, it means they can come and do the live show. Yeah. And then everyone everyone has an answer to what do you want for your funeral? Yeah, yeah. Even, or even, you know, if they don't have an answer, they can have a conversation about it. So we basically like, what do you want your funeral to be? And like, then, you know, you get, where do you want to be buried or cremated? And you get into these insane because people say stuff like, like, oh, by this tennis court. And everyone's like, what? What do you mean by That's noisy. The ball will hit you. Like, everyone's got opinions yeah, on yeah. everything. And um, I was lucky enough to go to... And it's okay to, to have these opinions before yeah. it's happened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if it's after it's happened, people are like, exactly. I didn't want to say anything, but yeah. really that was a terrible choice. <laughs> and that's what I love so much is it starts off really funny. And about three quarters of the way in, they suddenly realise... Actually, what do I? How do I want to be remembered? Yeah. And so you end. Or I say to all everyone, I'm like, it'll be really stupid and silly, and then suddenly you'll end up. One of you'll be like, you know what? Actually, guys, we really She's need to think about this. Yeah. And um, 
yeah, there's always this moment where you're like, oh, that's so profound what they what they just said. And they've just been joking about it for like 20 minutes. But um, I always say in the show, like sometimes I ask a comedian, what do you want? They're like, oh, I've never thought about it. Or they go, nothing. I don't care. Put me out with the bins. And then like we always have to say, somebody's going to have to make that decision. So are you willing to put that on their, on your family that yeah. they have to decide for you? And yeah. then they're like, oh, I don't know. Like, well, do you want your friends to decide? And they're, they're like, not going to want to put you out by the Yeah, bins. exactly. And that, yeah. well, I don't, I don't care. It doesn't matter. It's like, no, it doesn't matter to you, but it will matter to someone. So do you want to put on record on this podcast that you, you want your family to make every decision? And then they start going, oh, I no, no, I don't want to go by those bins. No, I'd like a tree. And you're like, yeah. say it now so that people know. Because yeah, yeah. that's my big thing is people just don't talk about it. And then it comes to a funeral and everyone's like, oh, fuck. What was that song they liked? Yeah. Did, and, you know, like there's a song you might have jokingly said you liked 10 years ago. And everyone's like, no, he told me he wanted it at his funeral. Yeah. Like, no, no, I'm overriding it. Like, you know, So Solid Crew is definitely what pips after. My mum's regularly updating her funeral yeah, playlist yeah. And, and what she wants and stuff like yeah, that. I think there's it's... songs that get taken off and yeah, put on. Yeah, because you and... change your opinion. You and... yeah. Yeah, so the live one it is... It shouldn't be a morbid thing either. It no. should be a fun... That's a fun conversation to have. It's really fun. Because you can say it, then someone will say... How about that So Solid yeah, Crew song? Yeah, you go, yeah. oh my God, that's yes. so good. <laughs> Imagine how weird that will be. Yeah, yeah. They, they had a really, um, oh, somebody, I can't remember who it was now, said they would get some of their friends in on a joke to stand up during the funeral and shout, this isn't what they wanted, but only some of their friends. <laughs> and then they also said they would tell one friend to plan everything wrong, like the wrong, although it was Josie Long, and we haven't put this episode, she was like, she wanted to have like branded coffin. <laughs> like Amazon stickers, Facebook, and like, but to someone to be in on it, but the rest of them be like, oh my God, who planned this? This is not this what, is she, not would what she would have wanted. And then being so. like, no, she she requested it. Yeah. <laughs> and she said the whole congregation being like, we didn't know her, did we? Yeah. We didn't know her. <laughs> Something that's so nice. Like, you know, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. And now I went to Sweden, did a live one there as well, at the Swed- oh, uh, wow. Stockholm Podcast Festival. How was that? Yeah, fascinating because they are worse than we are. Who really? Knew? Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I was like, no, we're the worst. And they were like, no, we are. And the way they talked about it, they don't, they do not talk about it. Wow. They, um, the thing that I love, so, you know, we say, oh, you, if someone, if I told you now, oh, my so-and-so died, you might say, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. Like, yeah. it's, everyone knows it doesn't, like, it doesn't weigh that much, but at least it's something to say. Yeah. Swedish, Swedish language doesn't have a phrase. Wow. So they have one phrase that's really old fashioned and this lady Annika Lance, who's like amazing like a radio legend in Sweden, yeah. she was like it, it's she said, I can't even say it in my mouth. It would be like the equivalent of me to like, you know, my dearest fellow of old time that I have known, let me know my sorrow passes to your heart. Like it would be yeah, really yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. So they don't even have a phrase. So she said they just that's don't weird, say it? anything. She said if someone says anything, you're like, All oh, right. Like, you don't know what, there's no, and I was like, take, I'm so sorry for my loss. Take it. Yeah. It's fine. It's all right. It does the job. Yeah. It's not great, but at least. At least it's acknowledging it. Yeah. But yeah, Swedish, they are, yeah, they were like, we do not talk about it. It's really like uncomfortable for us to even sit here. I think we've more than made up for it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So there's that as well. So much death. Thank you very much for coming on. Is there anything you want to plug or tell people about? Oh, well, we've talked about the Groovecast a lot. So, yeah, download the Groovecast and uh, it's not as depressing. It's cheerier than it sounds. And then, yeah, just Ostentatious is touring and in Edinburgh Excellent. and in the West End. So go to ostentatiousimpro.com or, yeah, you can find me on Instagram. That's mainly where I live. Perfect. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you.
You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces. There we go. That was Carrie Ed. How, how, how wonderful she is. I loved speaking to her because she's someone like myself who kind of speaks on subjects that we're regularly told are morbid, but we maybe didn't realise were, were morbid until people kept telling us they were morbid. And that's, But that's why they're important to talk about because we don't talk about death and all these t- 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 taboo subjects. Um, anyway, it's the outro now. And as you may know, I'm now doing longer outros than intros. So people who want to can get straight into the meat of the podcast and people who want to hear more about what's been going on can tune in now. So I'll let you know that we had, um, the club night at the weekend, uh, we are lizards at the book club. It was one of the busiest ones we've ever done. And it also happened to be one of the hottest ones we've ever done. As you know, it's been warm of late. So imagine that in a basement with three four hundred sweaty people um i also debuted a new lizard mask a lot of you know i dj and traditionally a a rubber lizard mask this one was a new fabric lizard mask which i enjoyed so that was good uh i should also mention it said pod bible comes out on on monday i'm so excited about this um i know i don't mention it constantly because i don't want to overwhelm you with it but if you can give it a look, I'd really appreciate it because me, um, Adam Richardson and Stu Whiffin are putting in so much work on this and it's going so ridiculously well. We're really proud of it. It's only the three of us working on it. And so far, like, we're now partnered up with Acast, Spotify, Global, Audible, BBC, just all these huge people, you, just loads of amazing, huge established companies all getting on board we have this weird little idea that me and Stu and Adam have put together. Um, and it's a podcast magazine. So recommending podcasts, interviewing podcasters, giving you information and backstories and all sorts of stuff like that. And it's free. You can get physical copies. We'll be handing them out in Brighton on Monday, in London on Tuesday, and I'll be handing them out in Edinburgh on Thursday and Friday, um, all of next week. So it's it's just something that we're putting a hell of a lot of time and effort in so i'm really proud of it and yeah i'd love you all to give it a look but um i don't think there's too much else to tell oh no there is there's epic beard men so as you hear this the epic beard men tour has started you will have heard them on the podcast previously i've had sage francis on and b dolan on separately and then i had them on together last time they were over this is looking like being the last time they're over for for a while so yeah, I highly re- recommend you check them out. They're um, on the 30th of July, which was, was yesterday, as you hear this. They're in Southampton. They're in London at the, J- the Jazz Cafe on the 31st of July. So just go there tonight, man. You won't regret it. August 1st, they're in Leicester. August 2nd, they're in Nottingham. August 3rd, they're in Bristol. August 4th, they're in Birmingham. August 5th, they're off. August 6th, they're in Guildford. S- 7th, Brighton. 9th, Glasgow. 10th, Edinburgh. 11th Newcastle, 13th Leeds and 14th Manchester. I'll be popping along to one or two of them. Uh, Dan Lassac will be popping along to one or two of them. You never know who's going to be in and about. So yeah, go and and check out the Epic Beard, man. I promise you, you won't regret it. It's the best live rap show currently doing the rounds. That's all I have to tell you, I think. Next week's guest is Matt Richardson. We talk about gaming and wrestling, essentially, and a bit of UFC, maybe even a bit of CrossFit. But it's a really good chat because we talk about his story and his journey because he was a wrestler and then he decided to stop wrestling just before 
British wrestling became the biggest thing in the world. And he genuinely has no regrets over that. Um, and it's a fascinating conversation. So that'll be next week. Um, yeah. So until then, thank you for tuning in. Obviously, Patreon, that's a thing. Patreon.com slash Pip. I've got all my stuff over there. It's Poem of the Month on Monday. So that'll be cool. And then there's distraction pieces, rewind episodes, all sorts of stuff like that. So head over to patreon.com slash Pip if you fancy spending a quid on that. Um, yes. Other than that, I will see you all next week. Ta-ta!